Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. Jesse Lanza has spent the best part of the last decade making people move. The Hamilton, Ontario-born producer and vocalist released her debut album, Pull My Hair Back, in 2013, bringing in R&B influences to add a shimmering layer of gloss to her minimal electronic sounds. Three years later, she returned with Oh No, an album that, even in its title, did little to hide the anxious state Lanza was in when it was recorded. Not that a creeping sense of dread was going to affect the party. Oh No built on the dance floor dynamics of her previous work, factoring in Chicago footwork, acid house, disco, and multiple BPMs to create the quintessential sad banger. 2020 obviously wasn't the year for hitting the club, but Lanza delivered once again, dropping all the time her third full-length collaboration with creative partner Jeremy Greenspan of Junior Boys. She spent most of the year promoting the record by DJing from her couch. Her pop voice, breathy, high and laden with emotion, journeys through the subgenres and smallest pockets of underground dance culture. It's led her to the unlikely place she finds herself in now, at the helm of a DJ Kicks mix. Her entry into K7 Records' storied run of DJ mixes works as both a party soundtrack and a further exploration of Lanza's interest in understanding and manipulating the moods of others. The other week, she spoke to the faders David Renshaw about channeling a life's worth of parties and DJ sets into her mix, how she managed to make it more than just a live set, and what it means to finally be able to get back out into the world and see people dance again. What I guess wanted to know to begin with was what it was like putting together a DJ mix in a time when clubs are either closed or restricted by the pandemic. What what challenges did that pose to you? I didn't see it as a challenge because, to be honest, I've never really spent all that much time in clubs anyhow. I mean, I spent a lot of my teenage years in like really bad, like top 40 jello shooter style clubs. I had so long to think about this mix. Like the, it was proposed that I do a DJ kicks in like 2017. So I've been thinking about the track list for like five years, well before the clubs were closed. So I've had a long time to think about it. What was the reason it took you since 2017 till now, late 2021 to, to get to this point? Touring got in the way, and then I think when I was ready, K7 wasn't ready, release schedules, stuff like that. But um, yeah, it finally came together. Have you found that the music that you're reaching for, just either in your personal life or when you're putting together mixes, has changed at all in this last 18 months, two years almost, when the response of a crowd is not perhaps as immediate in your mind? Yeah, definitely. I've missed it. The, the live streams that I've done, like I did a live stream where I played my last record all the time, like front to back. And yeah, not having, I mean, it's very obvious to say not having a response from people is like, it sucks. Yeah, it does not feel the same. And I've definitely missed having the feedback. Uh, you say you've not spent a lot of time DJing in clubs, but I guess when you're putting together a mix, you have an idea of what people want. I and mean, perhaps that's informed by being in environments where people are listening to music and reacting to music, does it change the way you approach something like a mix in that regard? 
I really wanted the mix to be unique, which is why I wanted to get my voice in there and like sing through the whole thing and like do some like live effects. And um, I think I misunderstood your first question about like I've spent, I've definitely spent time like DJing in clubs. I've like been in clubs, not in the last couple of years, but um, I, I definitely have a pretty good idea of like what tracks will work. It usually it always comes back to vocals. Like I think about what would I want to hear if I was out and I think... Yeah, having having a hook, having having vocals was really important to me, and so I, I tried to focus on that when I was making the mix. Something for people to like grab onto, because that's what I like when I'm out is some sort of hook, some sort of vocal. Yeah, I always feel a little bit like a fraud when I'm listening to electronic music and there's a hook, and that catches me, and I'm like, do I just want to listen to pop music? Am I <laughs> am I cheating? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just something. I mean, it doesn't have to be like the most obvious thing in the world, but having something to latch onto is pretty nice. So you say you've been working on this mix on and off for five years, really, thinking about it at least. How would you describe the overall mood of the, the DJ Kicks mix that you put together? Yeah, it's hard for me to know. I mean, I know the mood that I was in when I was making it was like very isolated just me and my husband living in our my mother-in-law's house. It's a lot of pressure, like making this kind of time capsule. Um, so I just thought about like songs that I could listen to later and still really be able to connect with the music and the songs that were on there. So yeah, I'll just come back to like why I, I wanted to just make it special to me was putting my voice um, throughout the mix and like doing the original track with like Lorraine and with my friend Ryan, who goes under the name Terraval, like getting those tracks in there, it was really important to me as well. When you describe it as a time capsule, do you have a specific time period that you were capturing with this mix? I was thinking about connections a lot. So like people I know in Hamilton, like there's an artist named Secret Werewolf that I put a track on from him and he was really instrumental in like the rave scene in Hamilton in the 90s which like I was too young to be a part of but yeah it was really important to me to have a track from him on there lots of friends tracks made it onto the mix like DJ Swisher or like Iconica has a side project named Marcus Mann and I put her on there too but I was thinking about connections a lot when I was making it as well are there any of the you say the 90s influence there and that kind of period maybe a bit before you were going out or even experiencing this music but are there are there entries or parts of the mix that hark back to that era as well on there there's a dj nepitz track on there that uh is from 97 and he is a chicago producer so yeah that song's called na 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 that was pretty amazing that i got to license that one because that was a bit of a question mark. I feel like licensing chat is maybe not ideal <laughs> podcast material. Was it was it in in the juiciest fashion possible? Was it um, was it tough to license all of this music? Yes, <laughs> it definitely was. I was like messaging people on Facebook to try and track some people down, like just finding the artists, their personal page, and just like reaching out that way because it's just some. I've also learned that like major labels really vacuum stuff up and then don't do much to allow other people to hear what is in the back catalog. But yeah, you're right. Licensing chat is not that exciting, but it's definitely, it's a challenge. As an electronic artist and us working in that world, you make a lot of mixes all the time. This is not a, an unusual thing for you. So 
in what way was this one different? You know, is there a sense of everything you've done before is leading up to this mix? Yeah, just thinking about the track list, what what the sequence is going to be like. I, I knew what tracks I was going to use going into it, but the only way I felt it really made sense to put it together was just doing like live passes of just, like, how am I going to sequence the the tracks, and then I ended up like reassembling those like live takes, and then singing through and doing a lot of live effects manipulations throughout with my vocal and also I took a lot of sound collages that I'd I've been working on over the years and integrated those into the mix too and like they they're not on the track list but as a texture they're they're there and that that's something I've done a bit in mixes in the past but I I really was quite intentional about incorporating those collages into the mix I mean the term sound collage makes me cringe a little bit but I definitely (laughs) did a lot of that in the DJ Kicks mix with with my vocals too the track that people may have heard in the run-up to the mix is uh 755 which you made with Lorraine James described this song as being about longing and denial. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about the backstory behind this this song. I wrote the song as like a passive aggressive jab at my my friend whose behavior was really not so much his behavior but just his like unwillingness to admit to what was actually happening or his own shortcomings and how that was affecting other people. <laughs> and then I started thinking about fallouts with family kind of how COVID has disrupted a lot of families. <laughs> Not to get like too heavy, but it's a pretty, you know, it all kind of comes back to this element of like denial, just people not being able to face their own issues, be aware, be self-aware. And yeah, the idea just started started there. Has the friend who you were talking about heard the track and have you had any feedback? He's heard it, but he's so clueless. He has no idea that it's about him. And I don't think he ever would clue into that it is. <laughs> I think that's how deep the denial goes, you know? Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if he knows. I doubt it. That track features Lorraine James, who you've kind of built something of a relationship with. There's, there's remixes and various back and forth between the pair of you. What is it about her that made you want to collaborate with her on this, this particular track, 755? I like Lorraine's approach to producing in that she is super confident. She just has a really great energy that she puts into whatever she makes. And like 755 was a track that I'd been working on for a few months and it just like wasn't really going. I couldn't finish it. I wasn't going anywhere. And yeah, Lorraine had done the remix for me from all the time she remixed Face. So I just sent it to her and asked her if like she wanted to work on it with me and like what she sent back was she just totally breathed new life into the song. She took all the vocals and like did some crazy edits and manipulation to them and just really revived the song. Do you have plans to work together in the future? I hope so. I'm working on a new album right now and 
yeah, hopefully we can continue to do stuff together. She's just really fun to work with. She's like not pretentious. And also she just works really fast too, which is great. So there's four new tracks, is that correct? On this mix of, of, of yours, four brand new songs, which led the process. Was it your new music that then you were able to fit other people's music around? Or did you have this kind of sequence of tracks from people you know, like you said, your friends, and your influences, that then you were able to make music to fit in between them. Which way around did it, did it go for you? It was a bit overwhelming thinking of how I was going to piece it all together. And in a couple instances, it just worked with other tracks. It was really just like kind of putting a puzzle together. I tried not to think too much about creating something to fill a space because... I just didn't think that would work out so well. I didn't want to approach it that way. And I was lucky that I was able to just take the songs that I had just made on their own without thinking of how they were going to fit in. And then they, I think that's where the collage comes in. I just had to make things fit <laughs> if, they, if they didn't um, in their original form. Had to like do some edits, do some editing. One of the tracks is called Wet Times Three, which I think is a great title. And it seems to tie in a lot with the artwork of the mix and a lot of the imagery around it, which is kind of, I mean, could you describe the style of the shots that you've got on the cover there and tell me a little bit about the themes running through th those images? Yeah, the idea for the artwork came from like Neutrogena ads, like seeing like just how much like wetness and water is like tied in with like female well-being and just how excited people are to be like washing their faces and it's uh, it's all quite funny to me so we, we thought it would be fun to play with that imagery on on the dj kicks and um yeah i think it worked out really well the photo shoot was very funny because it was just me getting nailed in the face with water from a pail for like three hours <laughs> Speaking more generally about DJ Kicks, obviously it's a big landmark in a, any, anyone who's making electronic music is going to want to be part of this series. Could you tell me a little bit about what the previous installments mean to you and as, as a whole, what DJ Kicks represents to you as, as an artist? I remember listening to Dame Funk's DJ Kicks, which is one of my favorites. And uh, I think it's a really great way for an artist to share what they are a fan of like what what's the music that like gets them really excited and artists that they think you ought to listen to I think it's a nice way to be for an artist to be a fan that's what I really liked about Dame Funk's mix that's what I, I really liked about Code Nine's DJ Kicks as well I think from like 2009 yeah I, I like the idea of celebrating other artists through the mix being being a fan of music yeah, I think that's so important, the position you get put in to be able to turn others on to things that you like. Was that playing on your mind in any way when you were making this mix as how best to, to go about that process? 
much. Yeah, definitely. Because what you're describing is the basics of like how you get in to, to music and like that's what it's all about to me that's what makes me excited it's like what makes me want to do music is being inspired by other people or other artists and so yeah that's huge and I definitely had that on my mind when I was making the mix how much of you you as a person do you feel is in this mix does it does it tell a story of who you are and where you've come from I think there are a lot of artists from the UK that mean a lot to me and have been a big inspiration to me. And then there's a lot of Midwest artists on there too. I think being from Hamilton and having the the rave scene as something that like I heard about a lot, like I heard about this heyday that I never got to participate in. <laughs> I mean, I already talked about the Secret Werewolf track that I got to put on there. But um, yeah, I think the proximity to Chicago, to Detroit, made an impression on me. And I think, I think I definitely had that on my mind with the, with the tracks that I selected for, for the mix with the DJ Nepets, with the secret werewolf track, for sure. You're signed to Hyperdub, which is UK label. And you say you're from the Midwest and there's Chicago and Detroit. Do you feel in some ways you must spend a lot of time around like rave nostalgia and people who remember the good old days? Does part of you feel like you missed out and that you were born in the wrong era? Or is there another part that's kind of like, come on guys, maybe it's not as, as what, you, what you're making out. Maybe you're just looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. I always feel it's a bit of both. Yeah, that the nostalgia is silly and that I'm sure it was great. I'm sure that they had a great time. But yeah, I don't really feel like I've missed out. It just, it's just interesting. It's more of a curiosity to me. I think that's the best way to look at it. Have you... I started to detect any nostalgia among your peers for the era of music that you've come up through. Yeah, I see very funny, I mean, mostly really negative things on the internet where it's just like electronic music from 2006 to 2011, like just super specific. Like, I like you using the phrase like creeping in because it's just, it's just too much that creeps in. It just fucks with you too much. Yeah, I see that all the time. And a lot of it is just, it's just garbage. You just have to ignore it. It's too much. The cycle is too fast. I don't know. It's like, it's like creative poison, really. Do you think there's a part of you as an artist who wants to keep moving forwards and making new music and pushing the limits of kind of what you can do as an artist that stops you ever looking backwards? Maybe. I, I, I think it's hard for me to think about it in that way because it just freaks me out to be honest <laughs> it's like it's because as you described before things are turning over so quickly and if you think about it too much it's just really easy to just become detached from why you're doing it at all so yeah I just try to stay focused on like why do I like making music like why do I like doing this it certainly isn't to read on the internet that what you're doing is over or was part of something, you know? <laughs> so I think it's better just to like keep your head down and focus on like, why, why is it important to you? Like what makes you happy? Do you have a kind of clear sense in your mind as to why, why you make music right now? Not being able to play shows and see, kind of like going back to your first questions that you, that you were asking of like, yeah, making tracks with the idea of the audience in mind. I mean, it's been, a, the last two years have been definitely a bit of a head fuck for that reason. <laughs> it's been such an isolating time, but um, 
I'm a people pleaser, I think. That's why I like pop music. That's why I like putting hooks into my own music. Like, yeah, I like making people happy. I like want to make people excited at the shows. Is there a particular track or maybe sequence of a few tracks on the mix that make you most happy? Yeah, definitely. There's the Jim C. Ned track. I love that song. There's like the DJ Swisha into my track heaving that part of the mix i made the mix to feel good for sure i hope that it has that effect on other people that there's like some joy there i think it's so important right now as well you know coming back into an environment where live music is a possibility and clubs are reopening but does that kind of joy that you talk about putting into the mix does that feel more vital than ever in some ways yeah, definitely. It, it definitely is. Sorry. <laughs> like having like a, <laughs> having a little moment. I just like so many things just like went through, I think because like the Travis Scott, the whole like Astro World thing just happened. It just really seems like everyone is just so engaged with the same headlines. Um, and they're not great headlines. They're pretty frightening. Um, So yeah, I hope that live music is still seen as something that people can engage with and it be fun. So have you been able to play live yet? Have you you done any gigs this year? I played in New York, in Queens at a festival, and that was amazing. Yeah, there were two shows in New York, but that is it. And I'm supposed to go on a tour with Caribou. In a few days, actually. The first show is on the 15th in Los Angeles. How are you feeling about getting back on the road? I'm a bit nervous, but very excited. Yeah, it's just been it's been a while. But it, the experience has been a bit like, it's definitely, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this too. It's just like taking stock of like, wow, I'm really lucky to be able to do this. So I'm just going to enjoy it. Just enjoy the moment that I get to go and do this and just try and not think about all the little things too much that it's just very special i get to go play live not take it for granted they must be pretty big shows i guess with caribou they are yeah the first one's at the greek theater in los angeles which is pretty massive but yeah it's nice to be opening too there's some headline sets in there as well like in detroit and on the west coast as well but yeah they're big venues so that's exciting too and you've got so much new music to play as well with the album and the new material from the DJ kicks. Are you managing to get it all in? Do you feel like you're doing justice to both what is new to people, but also the reason people know you as well? Yeah, it is tricky to get it all in there. But I'm bringing my CDJs and my mixer with me. So I'm going to do a bit of DJing and a bit of playing live. I've been working on integrating the two, which has been fun. How's that working? I don't think I've seen many people do that before. It's hard to to do it, but for like really boring, I mean, reasons that I don't, I don't think will be all that interesting to people where like Pioneer has proprietary software that makes it <laughs> difficult to integrate with, with Ableton to like get everything synced together. But I figured out a way to do it. It's really fun integrating the two for sure. Cause I, I have like a hardware sampler I've brought with me now and just doing more things live is definitely makes it more fun. Are you able to say anything of the music that you're integrating in alongside your, your own originals? Some of the tracks from the DJ Kicks, ones that just make sense with my own original music. 
But yeah, from the DJ kicks. Things that I'm definitely familiar with, like how the sequence would... I, I know those songs really well. <laughs> I've like heard them enough times. So You said earlier that you're working on new music. Not to not sound like a label boss, but how's the new album coming along? How far along are you with it? No, it's sweet of you to ask. It's good. It's like three quarters of the way done. Yeah, I just want to feel really confident about it. So I think I have like a little... There's like a few tracks that I think could maybe go... it's like after listening to them for six months it's just yeah maybe it could be a bit better i kind of wanted to end by talking about obviously putting a mix together and djing it's it's all about judging the mood and, and setting the mood in a lot of ways do you have any kind of advice for anyone not djs not people who are kind of dedicating large portions of their life but you know if you if you've got friends coming around or you've got something that you've got to provide the music for like what are the key aspects to a really good dj set or mix or just just playlist in in the modern version i think that that is a really hard question to answer um because i'm always trying to figure that out myself and like how what can i do to make this group of tracks like unique to like what makes this a special experience for people and I always just come back to my voice as the anchor, which is, I think, why in the live set, I'm integrating, like, DJing and my songs and singing. That seems to be, like, the best tool that I have. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just familiarity with what you're doing. It's, like, dedicating yourself to, like, what music you really love and not getting caught up in this, like, having to add new tracks every day. Kind of, like, resisting the urge to move with this really fast turnover if you just commit to what you like then i don't think you can go too wrong with being original obviously you've not dj'd in a while for obvious reasons but if in the past i was curious i was curious to ask people who've dj'd this and you feel like things are not going great you know people the floor is a little bit empty maybe people are not moving do you have a backup kind of fail safe break an emergency track that you always get to people back where you want them to be yes it's called dance by format or orlando vorn that song really just (laughs) i've definitely pulled that one out and like some like yeah desperate things are not going well moments okay i think that's that's my time and my questions thank you so much for sitting down with me today and um speaking about the mix and the, the music and everything It's, it's been really great to speak to you yeah thank you david you it's yeah really thoughtful questions Thank you for taking the time. That was Jesse Lanza talking to the faders David Renshaw. Lanza's DJ Kicks Mix is out this Friday, November 19, via K7. Our engineer is Tony Giambroni, and our associate producer is Salvatore Mackey. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. Remember to follow The Fader interview wherever you listen to podcasts and keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Fader interview. Goodbye until then.